0: Thanks for joining us uh, for our online service here at Coyote. We are studying the book of Romans. We've reached chapter 10. Uh, We're calling our series, this part of our series, Not Adrift. And so why don't we just go ahead right off the bat, uh, read our passage for today. It's Romans 10. We are going to begin in verse 4, and then we're going to read through verse 13. So here we go. Romans 10, verse 4. That is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The Word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is, the Word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our time. Thank you for your word and thank you for your son, our Savior and Lord. And God, uh, speak to us. Open our eyes that we'll see today. Open our ears that we'll hear. And we will give you thanks in Jesus and through Jesus and because of Jesus. Amen. Uh, we're asking the question today, how is a person made right with God? Um I realize if we're honest with one another, we would agree and admit that not everybody even cares about being right with God. Some people just want to, to live their lives apart from any idea of a divine being. Perhaps they've had a bad experience with religion and that just kind of overshadows everything about any idea of, of God. Or maybe they've, they're having too much fun living life their way. Right. I mean, if you if you wanna if you wanna do a deep dive into this kind of mindset, go back and read Romans one uh, verses eighteen through thirty two. Paul Paul describes that mindset of I'm gonna I'm gonna live it's my life. I'm gonna live it any way I want. But the apostle Paul realizes that eventually people ask questions that involve things that are, we might say, bigger than myself. Uh, Questions of meaning, of purpose, and and even questions of of what's next. Is this all there is? Uh, Usually as a person matures, those kind of questions permeate and become more real to them. as our as our loved ones, as our family members, as friends begin to die, begin to suffer, um, there is an account of Paul speaking to some of the leading philosophers of his day, and he uses some of these questions um, in in. Talking with them and and confronting them Um, and I encourage you maybe when we're done here sometime in the next day or so to read Acts chapter 17. It begins around verse 16 and through the end of the chapter. It's a fascinating encounter that uh, Paul has with they're not Christians, they're not Jews, they are Greeks and they are caught up in all kind of different philosophies. But here in our study, in this part of Romans, uh, chapters 9 through 11, he is addressing the issue of the Jews and why the Jews have failed to recognize the Messiah that was promised to them in their own scriptures. They've missed him for the most part. In chapter 9, he describes how God, in in dealing with this question, God has a plan that he has and is sovereignly working out and has worked out from some point in eternity past. That nothing happens apart from God's um, divine election and sovereign choice and purpose. Now, in chapter 10, which we began last time, uh, he, he, he's going to pivot and look at the same issue, the same question, what about the Jews, but from the point of our human part, the role that we play um, in, in space and time, in, in our lives. Now, when we were looking at chapter 9, we made the point to stress that the truth of God's election, His His choosing, and man's responsibility are not opposites. They're not opposite ends of the same discussion. They are friends. Spurgeon called them. They uh, they are both true, and um, and they work in conjunction. Um, ultimately, all things begin and end at the feet and at the will and the plan of God, Um, but he he does so involving us. So, in these uh, these first 13 verses, uh, he points out two ways of righteousness. We begin begin our study last week, and we're going to finish it, Today of these two ways of righteousness, one of the ways is effective. Uh, One was never intended to be. Uh, So let's let's break this down into three parts. The first part we'll we'll call the contrast of the two ways. All right, the contrast of the two ways. He begins in verse five by writing, for Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law, that the person who does the commandments shall live by them. So he goes back to the law, and, and, and really he's, he's discussing salvation by merit, salvation by works, salvation by keeping the Old Testament law. Now, Everything he's going to say about this way is true today. It's true for the Jews. It's true for the Christian that wants to be accepted by God based on their self-made, man-made efforts, their good deeds before God. It's all of works. Um, he, He quotes Moses in... Uh, Leviticus chapter 18 here in verse 5, just by saying that, okay, if the, the, his point is, if, if you are going to seek righteousness according to the law, then you live with that. You deal with that. That person who does the commandments shall live by them. And remember, we've said throughout, throughout our time, um, really in, the, in Romans is that the purpose of the law, the law which is perfect, which is holy, which is good, which is of God, but its purpose is to expose the fact that we cannot keep it, that we are sinners, that we are unable to obtain a right standing before God just by keeping the law or by being religious enough or by being good enough because we're not good enough and therefore we can't be religious enough. We, we, we can't be perfect according to God's Word. So that's one way. It is a common way. It is the way of, of religion. It is the way of all man-made efforts. It is the desire to seek as one rabbi writes, the, the, it is the desire to seek to elevate man to a level of rightness that God will accept. And sadly, it is uh, it misses the mark. It misses the point of the law. And maybe you're on this way maybe if, if if you could look back at your life and where it has brought you to this very moment, maybe you'd be honest enough to admit if this is the case that your idea and understanding of God is that you have to be good enough and uh, I've had people say to me kind of in 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 moments of just sheer honesty when i when I can when I can elevate my life and get my life where it needs to be, then I'll consider Christ. Then I'll come to God and I'll live for Him. And, and I believe that in many cases they are sincere, but unfortunately they are sincerely wrong. That moment never comes. It never happens because you can, you can never be good enough. That's not God's intention. It's not the way of salvation. It's the way of works. It's the way of religion. It's the way of man. Paul says here it's the way of the law. But there's another way. And it is the effective way. The first way is ineffective. Never was intended to be effective. But the other way he he describes is the way... Of faith um, and and it's actually Paul broaches this in verse 4 it's why I had us at the outset uh, go back to verse 4 when he writes for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes in other words, my, my viewing the law as the means of merit, as the means of my right standing before God, comes to an abrupt end at the cross in the person of Jesus Christ. And so, he writes in verse beginning in verse 6, the righteousness based on faith says... Then he quotes Deuteronomy 30. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is, to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is, to bring Christ up from the dead. Now listen, we know that Paul is writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Um, the the quotes from Deuteronomy 30 do not include the the the... What is in the ESV in parentheses, that is to bring Christ down, and that is to bring Christ up from the dead, found in verse 7. Moses wrote, Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, or who will descend into the abyss. Paul adds this. He, he, he shows us that there is no need for you and I to try to work our way to heaven. There is no way for us to try to work our way out of the abyss, out of the grave. For Christ has done what you and I could never do. He has accomplished it. He has... Gone to the cross. He has been. He has died in our place. He has been buried. He has been resurrected and raised. He has ascended back to the Father in heaven. What we cannot do our on our own, Christ has done for us. Um, but here's the here is here is the key for us to recognize. Um, verse 8, what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. The idea of faith being the way of righteousness uh, is, does not merely, merely mean faith in anything. Faith in religion or faith in some greater sense of mankind. Uh, We talked last time about uh, people finding being sincere in their faith and uh, this, this 20th, 21st century kind of convoluted notion that as long as one is sincere in what they believe, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you mean it genuinely. Well, that's not according to the word of God. It is a specific faith. It, your faith depends. The, the question is not just do you have faith? The question is who is the object of that faith? Is your faith in the one who saves? Is it in the Lord Jesus Christ? So before we move on, I just I want us to note that. The the, the Bible itself, as, as Moses writes in Leviticus, in Deuteronomy, acknowledges that God has given His law, but it was given not as a means of salvation. It was given in its perfection to show and to teach that there need there 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 needs to be something, someone beyond self. And that is Christ, who is known through faith. By grace through faith are we saved. So That's the contrast of the two ways. Uh, Very briefly, I I want us to look at two other aspects of this passage. The second one is the closeness of the true way. The closeness of the true way. By closeness, we mean as opposed to going through a bunch of hoops and... um, and, and jumping through all kind of obstacles trying to pull ourselves up from, by our own bootstraps and, and, and work our way to God, Paul very honestly describes to us in verse 9 and 10 because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Um, The closeness of the true way is as close, is, is found in Christ. In Christ as the Lord of one's life, we have... Can constantly brought back the, the the idea the visual of when I reach the end of Steve and say I can't do this God I need you then I realize that there is but one way to the Father and that is through Jesus who was the way the truth and the life. I come to Christ as the end of me. It's the end of me and it's all of Jesus. Uh, Tim Keller does a great job of pointing out Paul is not giving here some kind of um, um, two-pronged self-effort of uh, here of with your mouth and with your heart. He's simply saying this is what it looks like to come to the end of you and to believe in faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is your everything. He is your everything. Of course you confess him with your mouth. He is the Lord of you. And of course that's born out of a belief in your heart. Right? Knowing that he died for you and he, he was buried for you and he was raised from the dead for you. It is Christ that saves, and Christ alone. It is Christ who justifies, and Christ alone. So, how close is the true way? He is as close as your faith in Him, as your confession and understanding, as your, as your coming and acknowledging and admitting that you cannot do this, that you have failed and maybe failed miserably to work and struggle and make your own way. And you acknowledge that there is one way and it's not me and that way is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is close, he is close. And he is real when he is everything. The end of me. And it's all of Jesus. Finally, as we wrap up, um, I want us just to look at, notice the availability of of the true way. Um, In contrast to jumping through hoops, um, Paul mentions three things about just how available Christ is in these last three verses. In verse 11, he tells us that the faith that is ours, that is the way, is one faith for everyone. Notice what he says. For Scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. There is... One faith available to all. This is why we say in chapter 9, Paul discusses the fact that God has chosen the, out of Israel those that are his, but yet all are responsible. No one will, have, no one will stand before God and say, God, I, I wanted you. Paul makes that very clear. Everyone who believes, there's no one who believes in Christ and puts their faith in Him that is turned away, that is put to shame. It's one faith available to all. Secondly, about this availability, there is one Lord for everyone. Verse 12, For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is a Lord of all, bestowing His riches on all who call on Him. You see, it is um, it is mistaken to believe that there is a God of the Jews and a God of the of um, of the of of Islam and a God of Hindus and a God of. Uh, Pick your, pick your religion, a God of Christianity. There are false gods, but there is only one God, and that is the Lord God, who is found one way, and that is through faith in His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, no man will inherit heaven apart from faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if Jesus is not your Lord, if He is not your Master, then you, your idea notion of your religion, your religious commitment to God is, again, mistaken. And it is leading you down a very dangerous path that ultimately will guide you straight into the pit of hell. Don't go that way. Don't go that way. Well, finally, uh, there is one prayer for everyone. This is so good. Verse 13, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How sweet to think that if I, in faith, call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I will be saved. Again, God turns no one away who in faith comes to Him. How available is salvation to you and me? It's as close as dying to self and in faith turning and trusting the Lord Jesus Christ as our all-in-all. Have you done that? I hope you will. I hope you will. I hope you will consider the way to be found right with God is not a way of human design. It is not a way of human merit. It is not a matter of just blowing them off. It is a matter of honesty and truth and dying to self and trusting Jesus and Jesus alone. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the fact that you are a God of salvation. And Lord, you are a God who from everlasting to everlasting has opened your arms up. And Lord, you call, come unto, come unto me. And Lord, may we come unto you. Not through methods that are are devised by our own genius and our own wisdom. But may we come unto you the only way you receive. The one way you receive. The best way, yes. But the one way, the only way. The way of Jesus Christ. I pray for these who have remained with us and stayed with us. And Lord, are, are hearing this. God, may they trust in you, for we ask it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you for being with us. We're going to close out through a time of worship of God in song. And um, stay with us, and I look forward to seeing you next time. The Lord bless you.